When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we're going back to Andor. Yeah, we have to. It's necessary. <laughs> it's... My head is still blown right off my neck from episode six, so, <laughs> you know. She's still searching for it somewhere in her living room. Somewhere, yeah. This is just the phantom head of mine that's speaking right now. <laughs> that's weird. Why the did I say Phantom that? menace head. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> it's too early for this shit for you. <laughs> Well, we're not just talking about episode six. We're talking about episode five, too. Yes. Yeah, because we did four by itself, and then five and six were just so damn good. So damn good. Five was the buildup, and six was the explosion. Yeah. Oh, my God. So accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Oh, my God. Yeah, I was... I was, like... I was gasping and i literally went oh my god yeah. during episode six and i was sitting alone in the middle of the night wrapped in a blanket on my couch like screeching <laughs> i was so nervous and fidgety and like constant nerves like yes just constant nervous because of the anticip- anticipation that they built up yeah i mean they did it expertly they did i was shaking I was sitting in my blanket, trembling from nerves, because I just, I just didn't know what was going to happen, which I love about this show. I love. Yeah, and not only that, but it was probably one of the most visually stunning things I've ever seen on TV, period. Yeah, same. Just period. End of statement. It it was a work of art. It, It is. Filming on location makes all the difference. It makes a difference even in the performance, which seems like it, it might not, but you you can't hide it when you're standing mm-hmm. in the Scottish Highlands freezing your ass off, and that's part True. of your performance. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's really cool. And speaking of that, one of our patrons, Adam, pointed out, and I did a little research on this, that they actually chose to film in the Scottish Highlands on purpose. They filmed in a location... It was called Glentilt Park in northern Perthshire, and it's a, like a it's a national park or it's near a national park, something like that. And it is where Scottish people were driven out of their homes back in the ancient times, like in old England, when the Brits went up there and forced them out of their homes, which is what. Well, that's that's perfectly in line with what's happening. Yeah. And they, with the cultural aspect of these episodes and, and this part of the story, which I absolutely love. I loved the part of the 
pilgrims if you were coming to the mm-hmm. to see the stars or comets or whatever this thing is that the beautiful eye. light show <laughs> the cosmic eye of of beauty it was amazing and i just love the care that the filmmakers the filmmakers mm-hmm. showrunners whatever you want to call it they're like filmmakers yeah seriously these <laughs> this are shit's like a film these are single movies one each one and like the fact that they wanted to film in a location that represented what they the story they were telling because it matters to them to represent yeah. that i just love that it's so it's so the opposite of what we get from hollywood most of the time true it's really yeah refreshing. i mean it's, nobody has to do this but they did it. Right. And I think it's important. I like that they did it. Yeah, I agree. It's meaningful. It adds it is. layers of meaning to something. That's why it's art. It's like the thing that elevates it to art instead of just entertainment, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely art, and it's definitely entertaining. In a way that I wasn't expecting, I am... Pulled in by the drama of it, mm-hmm. meaning the high stakes, mm-hmm. you know, the you're rooting for these people, you're rooting for this these groups of, you know, these rebels that are kind of just beginning. And, and I'm talking not just the boots on the ground, but the people behind the scenes funding it and caring about it, such as um, Luthen, who is actually afraid, shaking, hands are shaking yeah. in episode five. For this group of people. He cares that much. Yeah. And, you know, he's listening in on the old radio or, or you know, trying to tap in and hear how things are going or if everything is okay. And finally, his assistant just had to say, you know, you got to step away or you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. And his performance is so perfect. And the fact that you can see how he's like a nervous father. <laughs> Like yeah. just I just want to hear one thing to know. I just want to know they're okay. Is everyone all right? Is everything going? And I don't think it's because he's afraid of being caught. I think he's afraid of losing these people. Well, especially Val. Val, not Val. Val is his daughter. Yeah. Which yeah, could be very could that would be. add a whole new layer. Yeah, that'd be. Crazy. Oh, I was scared for her and and the other woman Sinta. on the team. Yeah, yeah, they they were first of all in episode six. We're going to be jumping around, so just just hold on to your seat, please. <laughs> um, they are fucking bad ass. Mm-hmm. They take no shit. They kick ass and take names. And the way that Cinta like dealt with the captives, holy shit, she fucking freaked me out. I know. Stone. Cold. I would take orders from her any day. <laughs> like, yes, ma'am. Yes, I will. Whatever yes, you say. Of course, I'll be quiet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved that moment where Val said to the commander of the... I, I don't remember everyone's names either because I, you know, it takes me a while to remember names even in real life. But oh, sure. the guy, the like lead commander who's kind of like heavy set with the mustache and they need his hand yeah. to open the vault. When he says, you'll just kill us anyway. And she said, because that's what you would do, right? Yeah, exactly. I loved that moment. It was so cool. Perfect point. What's- well done. And... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're both so excited. <laughs> I know, it's so good. Um, I thought it was interesting that they added that she was, like, nervous before. Oh, 
I, you read my mind. I wanted to talk about that because that's a turning point. Mm-hmm. Once she jumps over that ledge and calls it, her and all of their lives are on borrowed time. Yes. Either this works or it doesn't. And I would be exactly like that. She's literally jumping off a ledge physically and metaphorically. Yeah. So true. Oh, it's so smart. It's <laughs> it's so good. I, I felt that. Like, it's it's cool to, like, plan and prepare and get, you know, in each other's faces and do you trust us? And, and then when you're standing on the ledge with seconds to go, mm-hmm. your stomach is going to bottom out. Yeah. Because you've reached the point where it becomes desperately scary. And you just have to trust your training. You have to do it. Yeah. That's it. But then, of course, we see her build the confidence once she takes that leap. She's in it. Then she starts manhandling people and throwing that rifle around. And yeah. Man, did I love it. She was in charge. <laughs> it was fucking great. And I didn't think they were going to have the the uh, Empire dude help them carry the credits. Like, they put him to work. <laughs> the man had a heart attack in the middle he of did. everything. He was sweaty as fuck. And I was like, God damn, he's not cut out for this. And then he killed over. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, yep. Yeah. So many moments of tension in there. Like, you could see there was that one guard that they had to take an extra oh, minute yeah. to shove him down. And then he is the one who tried to kill Cassian later. Yeah. And then the that whole... That was tense. That was so tense. And then is it... I can can never pronounce his name right. Is it Nim- Nimic? The young kid. I can't oh, remember the his young name, kid. Which is everybody's favorite, and I'm an asshole and can't remember his I name. I mean, but he was like the spiritual one. Yeah. The one who had the true belief, and then... But he didn't die in vain. He... Oh, yeah. Oh, it was awful. The way they made him hang on to, like, finish the job. Yeah. And he, and he struggled through it and then died. That was very painful. <laughs> People have been posting the parallels of him screaming to Cassian, climb the same way K2 <gasps> was screaming to him to climb oh. in Rogue One. And I was, oh, my no, I, heart died. <laughs> I didn't know this. And now I wasn't prepared for this. And you're right. And I don't like how I feel right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Deep breathing. Yeah, it, that's very sad, but it's very... Oh, God, that's... Oh, my God. This show is so... Like, it's so poignant and so uh, ruthless to the viewers, in a way, because they're just, like, hitting you with the Rogue One parallels constantly in a way that's so beautiful and sad and moving all at the same time. I'm very sad right now. That made me very sad. Don't, it's not your fault. It's just I never made the connection. <laughs> Sorry. And that hurts. But that's why we like Star Wars. <laughs> this, this, um, this whole, we'll say this whole side of Star Wars has been really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's still, it's so different than what we're used to. And yet, I really like it because we're getting the normal person's point of view mm-hmm. in all of this. Yeah. And I hate to say normal, but you know what I mean. Not a Jedi. Not a gifted Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> not a Skywalker. Not a any kind of Yoda. Not any kind of Mandalorian. And I'm not knocking those people. They are fixtures in the galaxy. But none of that 
worked without the people that we're now seeing in this show. And I think they're executing it just brilliantly because we saw in episode five, and you and I talked about it, the pissing match between like yes. Cassian and what's the guy's Skeen. what's the guy's name? Skeen, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where tensions get real high and he goes to cut the Kyber necklace off. Yes. And you said it best. That could have been a pissing match in any other show where two men go at it and someone has to calm them down. But instead, it was emotional and vulnerable and it culminated in something that wasn't the typical thing that we'd see. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You said it best. And now I'm struggling to remember how you phrased it, but you, you phrased it the best. That that scene was <clears throat> on point. Just the way, like you said, it could have turned into this typical confrontation. And instead, Cassian turned it into, it's like he's so perceptive that he he saw it for what it really was. It's not hackles up pissing contest it's this guy looking for an excuse to back out because he's afraid and yeah and look what we ended up finding out in episode six man was that crazy but i loved fucking good i loved when cassian said like of course i'm afraid fear is not the same as losing your nerve yes yes and i want that on a sticker me too (laughs) Because holy shit, if that didn't drive home for me. Same. And you, you can be scared. Yes. It's normal to be scared. But it's not the same thing as losing your nerve, which Cassian was afraid, but he didn't lose his nerve. And that's not something most of us are born with. That's something we learn. Yeah. Right. And he's constantly yeah. reassuring this group of people. So what has happened to him? Oh, we're going to find out. The I flashbacks are still so. coming. <laughs> I really hope so. I, I there's a there's a plan here of how they're unraveling this and I think it's we're we're getting all of these questions now because we're seeing more and I think they'll be wrapped up in what we end up finding out what happened back on his home planet with his group of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abandoned children orphans what yeah we don't even know whatever you would call them well and he says in uh, episode five he has that other conversation <clears throat> with skeen where they're talking he recognizes like prison tattoos on skeen mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. says he was sent to prison when he was 13 years old yeah and he was there for three years and then he was released it was it mimbam or whatever i can never pronounce too many M's and it's hard oh, for me to pronounce. Yeah, it's true. But it's where it's Solo starts, where Han Solo is okay. fighting. Yes. That's where Cassian was sent. Which is really interesting because I was going to bring up a comparison. The scene with Cassian and Skeen when the whole thing's over and the kid's getting worked on to see if they can save him. Mm-hmm. And Vel is in there with him. And they're outside. And Ka- Cassian just wants his money and he's ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And then there's skiing, right? To me, hear me out. <laughs> Both of them exuded qualities that we saw in Han Solo. Yes. They just want their money and they want to leave. And they don't want to get caught up, okay? But Cassian ended up having Han Solo's loyalty, or we're going to see him mm-hmm. have the loyalty because we know where this goes. And skiing was what could have been if Han Solo did peace out. Yep. So it was kind of, I was looking at it like, oh, okay. The obvious thing is that Han just wanted out. He wanted paid. 
He was delivering Obi-Wan and Luke. That was it. But then he made a choice to stay because so, who said to him, oh, all he cared about was the payment or something. Was it Luke or Leia or all of them? Or... <laughs> Pro- and then he leaves, but then he comes Luke, back. But... Yeah, because that's what you're best at, right? Isn't that what Luke says? Yes. Yes. So like, I thought it was interesting in that scene. I was getting vibes of like Han Solo's choice and what he chose in the yeah. end was the loyalty. And it's not about the payment, which obviously we're going to see Cassie and go through. Yeah. Totally. But I thought it was shit that Skeen was was skeevy. Skeen was skeevy. And when he said he didn't have a brother, I was like, you fucking bastard. Like, even I cared about your stupid brother. It doesn't exist. Yep. Oh. Nope. And when he said to Cassian, I recognized you right off the bat. You know, you and I are the same kind of people. We Mm-mm. crawl over each other to get out of the mud, you know? And the look Mm-mm. on Cassian's face as... And then Nimick said something to him as well. Like, you have no beliefs. Like, you don't even have anything. It's why you sleep so well in the morning. And Cassie had said, well, you're half right. And he said it was something about the Empire. But I think it's because Cassian has beliefs about stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has a code of honor, so to speak. But he yeah. hides it because you can't have that around the Empire. It makes you weak. Sure. Yeah. So I just thought that... Watching his face change as Skeen was talking to him. If you watch like Diego's Diego Luna's micro expressions, he's fucking amazing. I, it's like a twitch at the corner of his yeah. mouth. That that's yeah, it. He, it's crazy. He's on another level. I the the um, like it, he was disgusted by it, mm-hmm. and almost like how dare you lump me in the same group as you? Yeah. And I think Skeen was just hoping Cassian was like him because he needed someone to help him get out of there. Yeah, because he doesn't know how to fly and, the thing. Mm-hmm. So Skeen was wrong. And uh, that was that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. Oh, there was something else I was going to say about that. Oh, I love one of our one of our patrons said... That she was watching the show with her husband, and she was like, <laughs> "He has, he said Cassian's the kind of guy to shoot first and ask questions later." <laughs> it's so true because he he like I mean, has already shot people. He like makes his decision really quickly. Yes, I'm okay with that. I, well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's actually kind of interesting because he he knows right away when he's backed into a corner, and there's one way what out he's, of it. Yeah, he's what he's got to do. Yeah. And it's just best if he doesn't dwell on it. He just goes for it. Yeah. And again, like, where the fuck does that come from? Right. Prison, oh. probably, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was a survival thing at first on that on that planet. And then it became another type of survival that thing. Could be. I, you know, things can morph. That's a really good point. We haven't talked about cereal, cereal, cereal. <laughs> In his cereal scene. His say that five times fast. I can't. There's no I can't even say his name once. <laughs> Did anyone think it was interesting that his little bowl of of cocoa puffs <laughs> looked like little planets? Yeah. Well you just little... you know that's gonna be for sale at the Disney parks now. Absolutely. 100%. Right next to the blue milk station. I... They have a blue milk and a green milk station, so I would order that. 
Hey, side note. Did you know that her universe is having kiosks in malls across the United States now? No. For a limited time only. Really? Yeah, I just saw it on Twitter. Good to know. I haven't been to a mall for like 10 years. True. (laughs) But they may sell the cereal. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is if the cereal pops up, I won't be surprised. Yeah, same. Yeah. I wonder what it tastes like. (laughs) Well, I need to know the answer to who the fuck his uncle is. Yes, I can't wait. He's got to be... Okay, I I can't say that for sure, but I'm wondering... (laughs) Yes? Is he like... A mobster? And is he going to put, like, mobsters after Cassian? <laughs> like, I I had the strange theory that his uncle is the old white dude in the round room at the, at the, at the Empire place, you know, where, yeah. um, what's her name with the bun is. Oh, located. the ISB guy. Yeah, well. Yeah, the ISB. I was like, wouldn't that be some shit? Because be fucking awesome. I have a feeling Cyril... And uh, what's her name? Deidre? Deirdre? Mm-hmm. Are going to come together at some point. That's my gut feeling. That, it makes sense because they're kind of going after the same thing with the same tenacity, honestly. Well, she's on to something. She's I don't great. know what her motives are yet. Yes, I love her. her- she's, an, she's an actress who uses her eyes a lot. And like the and look of disgust in yeah. her mouth when she was talking about the rebels yeah. was so good. She's really good at that. Yeah. She's really good at, at, at this uh, this character that she plays. Yeah, she's good. But I want to know more. I'm dying to know more. Me too. And she has her assistant or whatever who's very loyal to her and, like, encouraging yeah. her to continue with her train of thought even when her boss tells her not to. And then, did you see she took pills? Yes. I need those. I don't know what they are, <laughs> but I need them. They're probably some sort of stimulant so she could keep working through the night. Yes. Yes, I need a dozen. That was cool. Disney? <laughs> listen, Disney, if Disney you're going to sell the cereal, <laughs> you need to sell the caffeine pills. Because, listen, I'm a shift worker and I need that shit. <laughs> the last thing we need from Disney is medication. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay. All right. Let me Let me back this up. <laughs> In theory, if such a thing existed from some company, I would buy a case there. Star Wars brand <laughs> stimulation. Do you need to be do you need to be Mon Mothman host a dinner party and be to a rebellion by eight? Oh my god. Take two of these with water and an empty stomach and you'll be jazzing to go. <laughs> You'll be casting shade on your shit husband in no time. <laughs> in and there, she has a fucking daughter. A shit daughter, also. <laughs> oh my god! Damn. Who knew that Mon Mothma had a whole mess of a family? That honestly just made my heart sink. That yeah, was it, that hard is depressing. To watch. That that's such a woman. <laughs> I mean, I guess it shows that every person has baggage stuff yeah nothing's perfect that was just i mean so shitty (laughs) i was so mad at her daughter i was just like i'm gonna yank your stupid braids off your head you respect bon mothma you will because everyone does except you you little brat (laughs) sorry no no her name is lidra which is if you remove the D, her name is Leia. Oh, dear. So stop being a dick and you'll be Leia. <laughs> or not. 
Yeah, Sorry, Leah's I... got her own level of asshole, but we love her for it. Yeah, that's just the Skywalker in her. That actress, though, who plays her daughter, she's from the Christopher Robin movie with Ewan McGregor. Oh. I didn't put it together right away. I was just like, I was like, I know this person, but she was a little kid in that movie, and now she's more grown up, which is why I didn't, like, connect it right away. She's so good at being bratty. It was heartbreaking. (laughs) But... Can we please go back to Cyril? Because I love his mother. <laughs> his mother. His mother is something, isn't she? <laughs> oh, my God. And that performance, <laughs> I felt it in my bones. <laughs> She's Mrs. Fig from Harry Potter. She, she absolutely is. And we haven't forgotten that. But she <laughs> she has a very distinct voice. Yes. And a very distinct manner of presenting herself and she is very effective as the overbearing mother her dialogue performance was very unexpected she doesn't deliver a single line the way a status quo performance would be she would take her vowels and go up with them in a spot Mm -hmm. i never expected she was just her performance is really engaging to me and i Mm -hmm. i'm gonna love to hate her (laughs) And I need to know where his dad is. Like, how? Do, what, what's what's happening there? Because we only see the mother. Yeah. No one else in the house. And what's the so, what's the debt from Uncle I don't know. Hugo or what's his name? So, so, I don't, so, something with an H, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I there was one moment too. Uncle Harlow. Harlow. Uncle Harlow. That's it. So there was one moment that I didn't catch the first time I saw it because I was too busy looking at Cyril's face. And mm-hmm. he's sitting in his bedroom. It might even be the scene where he's got the hologram of Cassian. But he's sitting yeah. in his bedroom and he's looking out the window and the sun crosses his face and disappears. And it's like the amount of sunlight they get in their apartment is for like 10 seconds total. Yeah, it does seem like a dark apartment. It was such an interesting moment like to to show him and he almost looked like he was gonna cry it was so odd but i love it i don't know where this is going but it feels like it can go nowhere good well it's depressing for a reason yeah i i I just don't know how severe is he going to become if at all it i think you said it before that like a a desperate person is a dangerous person yeah Someone yeah. who has nothing to lose loses nothing. Yeah. So he's he's at his p- potential rock bottom. Yeah. And his mother's got a sharp, shrewd eye on him. Yes. So it, let's say Uncle Harlow pulls through for, for whatever, in whatever manner. Mm-hmm. I have the feeling that Cyril is going to be posing as another role that he can't do. He's like the definition of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Although he is an imposter. He can't do anything. Imposter syndrome implies that you do have what it takes, but you feel like you don't. Well, he doesn't have what it takes. And he feels like he does. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe not the definition, but the reversal. Mm, This is interesting. Yes. What would that even be called? (laughs) I don't know. Well, he... A poser. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) So I think he's going to go into another posing role. I imagine that he is the kind of person who's going to get himself in over his head real quick. Absolutely. And he doesn't learn. 
Unless it's the opposite where his, whoever this person is, recognizes that his strength is his smarminess, that maybe he could be some sort of mole or used as a means to an end, even as a patsy. That's speaking of. (laughs) Yes. Good segue. Okay. I think they're kind of using Cassian as a patsy. Okay. I'll be interested to see where this goes in the next episode because Vel said Andor goes out first. So she switched places with him so that he's in the the point position, which means you're in the most, he is expendable. Yes. And so like, if you're going to get shot, the first person out the door usually is that. So they move him into that position. And then later, she hands him Nimic's manifesto. Mm Mm-hmm. Which at first, everyone's like, oh, you know, that's that's really meaningful. But is it so in case he gets caught, he's the one yeah. to be blamed? Oh, sure. Because he looks like the fanatic with a manifesto. True. So I'm very interested to see. Maybe it won't turn out to be that at all. But I think he is also starting to feel the awareness of that, which is why he shot Skeen. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, shit, yeah. He's been put on point to get killed first. Then Skeen tempts him to steal the money, which for all we know, maybe Skeen was lying. (laughs) Could have been. It could have been. Could have been. And then they hand him a manifesto, even when he's like, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting and all a little bit suspicious. And I think that's why he went in there at gunpoint and was like, I'm taking my money and I'm piecing out because... You all are trying to set me up. Maybe he was getting that suspicion. I don't know. That was the suspicion I started to feel. Yeah. Yeah, I I need to see where this manifesto goes. Because you sent me pictures that someone sent you, Mm -hmm. a patron, right? Yeah, Charlotte. That the manifesto is in his fucking pocket in Rogue One. It looks like His jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, what does all of this mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a little, it looks like the same exact shape and size, and it has a leather cord wrapped around it, stuck to the outside of Cassian's blue parka. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it close, it's a metal box, but that doesn't mean that like this, the manifesto is not inside the metal box. It looks identical. Mm-hmm. And so like, if it is actually a deeply meaningful thing, if it's showing up in Rogue One, that's fucking crazy to me well the escape scene of them and the tie fighters flying through that cosmic show oh my god amazing i I was i was one part absolutely astounded by how beautiful it was and another part on the seat of my fucking on the edge of my seat Mm -hmm. not on the seat of my edge (laughs) (laughs) on the edge of my seat because it was so intense and Cassian had to trust and it was very, it was hard for me to trust yes. because look at that shit they were flying through. It was gorgeous, but it was deadly and like they made it. Yeah. So I could definitely see how without his, the kid's help, it, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Not even with Cassian's flying abilities. Yeah. There's just no way. Yeah. So maybe he does keep it as a reminder. Right. Like his first real reminder. Well, and 
he makes that executive decision like we're going for the doctor like we're just that's not yeah, even a that's question true, yes so yep yeah I did like the little things they added when he's like, what did, what did you give him? Have you looked out the window? <laughs> we can't fly through this. Like, yeah. And the TIE fighters were so cool, Leanne. Oh, amazing. When oh. they were, I was telling you, when they were getting into the TIE fighters and strapping in, it was so very original Star Wars to me because yes. they always show the pilots getting in. Yep. And, like, gearing up. And I was just like, oh, God, this is so Star Wars, and I fucking love it. <laughs> and they're, like, turning the little dial switch on the edge of the thing, like yes. Vader does. And I was, oh, yes. yeah, I was loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I'll never tire of seeing a TIE fighter or one of their pilots. I just, it's one of those things that's, like, distinctly Star Wars. <laughs> it's very You know, special. like, from day one. If I ever got to be in... Star Wars in that costume, I'd freak out. I I would never want to take it off. I take so many selfies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's just so damn cool. It's so good. You know what's interesting is that I so I I guess the show goes in three episode arcs. Mm-hmm. So we have come to the conclusion of. This set of three episodes. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was Tony Gilroy that said that, yeah, Tony Gilroy says that episode seven deviates from what we've seen so far in the, in the way that it's structured. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious and intrigued. I hope it's still about Cassian because <laughs> the mandalorian and book of boba fett though i enjoy where they just went way the fuck off course to talk about luke skywalker it is kind of like absolutely yes ma'am everyone was kind of like hey remember how this show is called book of boba fett (laughs) where was he i hope that they don't go off course in a way that was like doesn't involve cassian at all because even though we have six episodes left i'm like please don't (laughs) waste our time i know well Maybe they'll they'll hit on um I mean the the closing scene we get in episode six was the best. It was Luthen practically dancing, celebrating that everything went up, went well. Yeah. And I just I felt that. I was just like I was so happy for him. Because yes. he was so nervous. That was so great. And to have that person in his waiting room or whatever say do you have anything from yeah. Eldani I was like I know even my heart stopped for a yeah. second yeah like what does he mean by that it's just that it shows like the constant paranoia and pressure they must live under but that yeah. was great Stella Skarsgård is yeah. so good I really am enjoying oh my god him. he's 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 just wonderful I'm I just I love him already yeah I I, just, I I know he's probably not going to make it because we never see him again in Star Wars. Yeah. And that's got to mean something, but yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe the deviation in the upcoming episode or episodes will be uh, the introduction of one Saw Gerrera. Oh, baby. Yeah, he's, that's right. Because there's scenes They got to wrap him into it. They got to wrap him into this. Yeah, that would be interesting. But maybe not. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wonder if Cassie will go home. 
I feel like he must because they did that one scene where they showed the Empire kind of installing that guy. Yes. On yes. Ferrix. And yeah, they were using that building as an office space, basically. <laughs> and he wanted to be made prefect, whatever that means, because that's kind of like a newer uh, term, unless they've used it in books and graphic they've novels. They've used it in Harry Potter. <laughs> right. That's what I kept thinking. It's like a prefect, or prefect is head boy or head girl, right? Is, or is that different? Any of various high officials or magistrates of differing functions and ranks in ancient Rome. That's definition one. Yeah. Number two, a chief officer or chief magistrate. Or number three, a student monitor in a usually private school. <laughs> okay, so he's basically, so. by those definitions, is like an independent person to wield power. Yeah, like, do I have free reign to do whatever I want on this planet? Yes or no? Yeah, like he can make the laws, make up his own laws as he wants, do whatever he wants without with impunity. So seems seems like an empire thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. So why show that guy <laughs> if it's not going to have something to do with Cassian at some point? Oh, I think it will. I hope he comes back and saves Marva and takes her somewhere secret and hides her. And the droid. Yes, the droid. Little emo. <laughs> <laughs> a little emo so he can be be more emo somewhere safe and sound for the rest of their days <laughs> okay so this week let us know what your favorite part of and or episode five and six either or all together whatever tell us what you loved about this awesome show Join us next week. We have a special episode. Lauren sat down with Jenny Marie Studios, our dear friend Jenny, who is an incredible artist and makes some of the most unique and spectacular Star Wars and other genres, I guess the other fandom mm -hmm. type of art, on candle votives. And she's incredibly well-spoken very knowledgeable in the fandom and other fandoms and she's just a joy <laughs> she is and lauren gets to interview her and talk about the art her love of star wars and everything in between so please join us we love to honor our artists in this fandom world that we live in thank you so much for joining us here on the most things kenobi podcast we appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support if you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of this, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.